we starting? Is this it? Is this the official ready, set, go now? Yeah. Do you want me to? Sure. Can if you want. You just did. First question I want to know, because I haven't really seen you or talked to you in a few days. How was the Jonas Brothers That's concert? That's the first because question you've, you're you've starting been, with. You've been peaking for like a week <sighs> leading up to the show, preparing to relive your youth. I mean, I cried. Oh, well, I fully expected so, there'd be some of that. So I didn't realize until there. So I've only done one other Jonas Brothers concert, and that was like Ottawa. And I think it was their Lines, Binds, and Trying Times tour in like 2009 or 10. So it's been it's been a hot minute. But right. what I didn't realize was how impactful like Toronto, the city of Toronto has been in like their evolution of their career. Um, but one of the things I know, if you don't know the Jonas Brothers, they are this they were all the rage in my my youth. They were the in sync of my time, um, and they also started in this. I don't want to call it masterpiece because rewatching it now makes me cringe, but <laughs> um, tween masterpiece we'll call it. Uh, Camp Rock, which was filmed in the Muskokas. Oh, so well, it was filmed here in like in Ontario, um, and I love the music in that. I just the it. For a tween movie, it was just so good. Um, so they kept teasing throughout the the show, beginning of the show. So how they basically did it was they kind of broke it off into different sections, and then they split their new album. So they started with their first album, and then they sang uh, a little bit of their new album, and then their second album, and then they came back after intermission and sang, I want to say a couple more new songs their third album some of their independent stuff because they broke up for a while so nick jonas sang jealous and then honestly i think the best performance of the night was kicked by the ocean by joe jonas nice and it was like they had like rainbow confetti and fire where it was great um and then they finished off with happiness begins which was their first album back after breaking up and then uh i think they finished off I think they finished off with happiness begins actually. Um, so during the second album, they were singing like my favorite piano songs. They were like, absolutely. Like, so it was um, before the storm and turn right. And during it, all I hear is this like, and since we're in Toronto, we might, and then just nothing just screams. And I'm like, to right. my best friend, I'm like, what is going on? Like, I don't understand a thing. And then I hear mumbles and then even more screaming. <laughs> and then I hear Joe Jonas start singing. Um, oh, God. Why can't I remember the name of the song now? Ugh, um, his solo from the first Camp Rock movie. And I just lost my shit. I, it was it was gone. It was all over the place. And I just like started scream crying the song. <laughs> And then every other song as well of burning up and like, I knew like pretty much the entire album of lines, vines and trying time. So it was very, and I looked to my best friend who were very similar in at 26, 27 years old, her body's already hurt immensely. Um, fun story. I screwed my foot up running. See running. Yeah. I was waiting for the, I told you yeah. so. Running's bad. Go ahead to finish your um, finish your Jonas Brothers story. And we looked at each other and we're like, "How on earth are we going to survive Taylor Swift era's tour?" <laughs> because we're ha we weren't even like at the intermission of this one, and we're like, 
Honey is a town. We were dying. Yeah. Well, so, see, now you've got, you've got a year to get in shape, though. So that just to be prepared. Hence for, the running. Well, yeah, I, I guess that's it. So, <laughs> but yeah, it it was amazing. I it was an absolute blast. I'm glad I got to do it with my best friend. And we're back on the Racing It Out podcast. There was a brief respite there while I went to calm down my dog, uh, Larry, who does not like having things delivered to the house, be it uh, postal service, any couriers, um, uh, you know, DoorDash, whatever, does not like that. And will literally hurl herself at the front door. Oh my God. At times, yeah. So anyhow, things seem to have settled down now. So it's nice I... to be Sorry to disrupt the end of your Jonas Brothers. Are you good no. now? Yes, I'm good, but just a fun tidbit. I've made the mistake. So my boyfriend and I are moving and moving into our new old place. Todd knows this. This is news yeah. to the podcast. And we've decided, and Todd disagrees with me highly, we've decided that we're going to get a cat. Yeah. When we... So pleased. Um, we decide we're going to get a cat when we get our own place. I made the mistake of going on to Toronto Cat Rescue the other day. Oh, no. Oh, no. You haven't got the place yet. You haven't. You know, we haven't even packed a single box. I, I, and I know this is, you, this is this is out of order in terms of the operations. Move, get settled, then start looking. And you should get a dog, not a cat. But that's my that's my personal. But funny uh, enough. Opinion. So Todd and I were talking about like the the um crazy stressors i've already had with like a real our real estate agent just trying to find a place and like how mm -hmm. like intense it's going to be he actually said any kind of pet is like you've limited your choices to like 10 yes. of the populate 10 percent of like available units but cats are a little bit more like oh they're not the worst kind of thing so i was i don't think we're gonna get a dog anytime soon yeah one day but anyhow but it's, yeah, I fell in love with a lot of they're not for they're not for everyone. And it's just, you know, you got to have the right setup and situation and stuff yeah. like that. But yeah, they're yeah. they're special, as Larry certainly is. So <laughs> should we talk a little bit about racing? Because I think we're what, like 20 minutes in or something now. We haven't mentioned anything. Do you want to talk about the dirt races out of Schweiken? Because those have just yeah. been completed. Um, so give me because you and I were there for the first time. For the first this time. Year. So we had the the double of back-to-back uh, -back dirt races a day in between because of weather and stuff. So give me your overall uh, 100 words or less. What do you think? What do you like? What don't you like? Where do you where do we go from here? Um, Facility is amazing. It's Clinton awesome. and Glenn and everyone have done a fantastic job upgrading it and everything like that. It actually felt like some of the dirt races you will, dirt tracks you'll see down south. Glenn's compound is insane. It's yeah. better than a lot of them. Yeah, it's a, it's a tremendous facility. That's yeah. never a question. Um, I am very glad we had the day in between. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. okay. I think we would have had a much smaller field on the Tuesday had we not. Mm -hmm. There were quite a few wrecked cars after maybe Monday night. Yeah, maybe a little smaller. Not uh, two or three. We could have lost. You're right. That's a mm -hmm. good point. Um, well, we already lost one on the Wednesday. Yep. So, cause Mike, I, and I didn't Mike even Gowdy realize that. Back, yeah. Yeah. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. It was, he was severely damaged in that. Mm -hmm. hit, so, yep. Um, but I thought it was, I mean, Trayton showed his dominance for sure. I, it sucks to see that he had to overcome the same issue 
twice in back-to-back races yeah in back-to-back races that was pretty interesting. but again you know what that's what when you have that field and you have that uh, facility and dirt and you're coming on and going and sometimes you gotta you gotta deal with it you gotta deal with lap traffic and not everybody necessarily doing what mm. you want them to at uh, any given time at, at every especially track. at Oshweken because it's sure. like a lot of these drivers it's like they really can't control control of the car is it's a key it's key and yeah. you can't expect everyone to be able to control their cars at a track yeah. like Osh Weekend. So it's one of those things of, you know, when you're at Delaware, it's very easy to flag the lapped car to move out of the way. But and if they don't, then it's very, very clear call that they should be black flagged for interfering with the leaders. But yeah. at it's, Osh Weekend, it's, it's like it's a much easier situation yeah. to, to deal with. But overall, like you're, you're right. Facility is great. Um, I think one is, uh, plenty. We don't need two. Um, we don't need them uh, back to back. In fact, I don't think we need two at all on, uh, the series schedule. It's mm -hmm. a great event. It's, uh, it's unique. And I think having more than one takes away from it being unique. It so, would be like if cup brought in two dirt races and they're not going to have it any, becomes redundant. so that's, yeah. that's fine. If you, if you have one, it's unique and that's all that, uh, you need. Mm -hmm. Here's another one. I think that um, I don't know that I like two breaks, but mm. I can live with it. Yes, I, I know that why they do it is so that drivers can work on teams can work on their cars if they're not that great. And it, it certainly helped Cameron in race number one. Mm -hmm. So that was that was an important. But I don't know that we need to take an hour and a half to run hundred laps of racing. I think that's mm. too long. So here I think they should do what SRX does is you count the cautions, but the last 10, you uh you stop counting the caution mm. so you get the last 10 under green they don't have to be consecutive but i think that's uh that's an easy uh an easy fix to do so um yeah. one is fine more than that i think you're uh you're diluting it and i think it takes away from from what it could or should be yeah and that's kind of actually how i felt after the first one was like oh my god you just had this amazing event and la 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 albeit maybe a little more timid because you know drivers are trying not to wreck their cars I, no, I, I don't know. think so. I don't think that played a role at all. No, I mean, no, I don't. Really? No, I don't. It's, uh, I think everybody was racing. Everybody was conscious that, oh, this could be, you know, right. I could do a lot of damage. But what are you going to do when you're racing? You're racing. Yeah, that's good point. So it didn't uh, strike me that way. So I... I'd, I'm I'm interested to see where it, uh, where it goes from here. I don't know that... Um, I don't know that it needs to be on a Monday night. I don't know that it could or should yeah, be on a so Monday night. But I don't know why it is on a Monday. Well, or it's night. it's it started last year is because you want uh, uh, those from the U.S. whether it be Schrader or Friesen right. or it was supposed to be Christopher Bell last year, and they're only available certain days of the week. I don't think you need it. I think if no. it's just the Pinty series and anyone else who wants to be available, let it stand on its own. I think yeah. it's uh, I think it's enough of a show, and the the quality of participants is high enough. I don't think you need to shove it to a Monday night. If it's on the weekend, great. If it's uh, but I, I know they want it to be part of their their whole weekend of events too. So wherever it fits, but I don't think it needs to be um, a, moved to a weekday to accommodate. Um, others from the U.S. or others, other outsiders. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, last year it made sense because it was the first time, so getting those big names was kind of imperative. Adds but I to mean, the hype. Adds yeah. to the hype. But but I think you've seen, you've shown that Trayton is super dominant now on dirt, and I mean, 
I mean, a Ken Schrader coming in and winning the first night was not on my bingo card. It was awesome. Yeah. I didn't think it would it, happen, but it was great. Yeah. It's like, it was amazing to see, but then you also have other drivers like the local dirt guys mm-hmm. that come in and, you know, are racing local Oshrikan races anyway to come in and race and those are and that were that were actually getting up there in the top of the field and getting top fives and top tens those are more awesome. of the guys i want to come up and see dominate on the dirt tracks so as i said well, i think uh, we'll we need to see where it goes uh from here i i'd be surprised if uh there's more than one at uh Shweken, and i don't think we need any any more than that again i think one is unique i, I think you you dilute it and take away from from the series. So we'll see that's where, yeah, we'll see if that's uh, where it goes. Now, very different event coming up, Circuit iCar this week, which has changed again to a slightly longer configuration. Is this the longest configuration we've had? No, it's not going to be as long. It's longer, but it's not going to be as long. So it's a brand new configuration? No one else has, no one's driven on it yet. So... This, this this track gives me a headache because <laughs> every time I go in, I'm like, so are we setting a new track record or, oh no, this track's technically this much of a kilometer longer, mm-hmm. but it's so the it'll same be a new track. track. Yeah. So it'll be a new track record because it's a new figure eight configuration for, for this weekend. So I, I don't know that it helps or hurts anyone in particular. Maybe it levels things a bit because nobody's ever seen, but it's, it's uh, the same the same circuit in the sense that it's flat. There's no elevation change. It's hard to tell one corner from the next yeah. because there's no horizon. There's no no landmarks, if you will, to to judge. So it makes it tricky from that point. It's a lot of um, instinct and feel at that track of, oh, I think I should break now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. this is when I should turn. And the um, optional fuel stop, I think, is going to make for some interesting strategy. So here's my question. Are we going to get a new winner this weekend? Possible. Anything's so this is a possible. track that despite all of its different configurations, minus Robin Buck, who won the very first race there, mm-hmm. Andrew and Lacroix have dominated every yes. single year. And I'm it again, the intrigue for this one... Kevin hasn't won since this uh, race last year. Lacroix hasn't won yep. since he won at ICAR last year. Uh, Andrew hasn't won since last year either, but he won at uh, Chaudière. And he's he's had a couple of good finishes now, so uh, they seem to be pointed in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm, I, I think it's wide open as to what could happen this week, which is makes it fun and exciting. Yeah, we also have a possibility of... I And I don't want to... I want to knock on wood and not jinxing anybody here but coming out of icar we'll have a very very clear much clearer picture of the championship situation well i think it's uh it's clearer than i was expecting already in that it's Trayton's to lose mm-hmm. and it's i the, i did the scenarios and it is very if Trayton finishes last and cameron wins with the right amount of like the max amount of points there will be a 13 point gap yeah, but there's three races that that yeah. can happen. So, I uh, but I again I think it's it's his to lose going uh, going forward with only three races. So how he handles that, and some this is where the mental part comes in that not everybody understands or accepts 
is is part of the burden that you have to you have to deal with the mental the mental part of the the game as well that uh if Trayton is not the type of person to me that is going to go out and look around like this and be extra careful and extra cautious mm-hmm. he's he's still going to race he'll try to be smart and make good decisions and not put himself in precarious situations right like he's not but... going to fight for second I'm thinking Lacroix 2019 fighting for second when he was what 11 points off of Ranger heading and it destroyed his chance at a championship but you know but I think that'll be the uh I think that's the interesting part to Mm -hmm. uh, to watch in this one going forward so it'll be fun the season has flown by in the blink of an eye but we still have a lot of opportunity yeah, I think the, there's a lot of opportunity for for things to happen and things to come. There's going to be a lot of Hi Larry. <laughs> Larry, settle down. Come on. <laughs> Holy hell. And what were you saying about dogs being better than cats? yeah yeah i still i still maintain that belief okay so the second courier drop-off is now complete and larry has tried to (laughs) tried to go through the front door to take out the courier but everything seems to have settled down now uh, at least for the time being so we'll we'll see if that continues or not but this is this is the behind the scenes if you will of the of the racing it out podcast oh oh perfect lead-in to the behind the scenes nascar cup series netflix series ah. that is going to take place how's that for a segue huh that is a- uh, yeah yeah pretty good so Initial thoughts. Do you like the idea? Is it is it good? What do you what do you make of this? Netflix uh follows the NASCAR playoffs. So I, I haven't read a lot about it. I saw it and was kind of like, of course, because yeah. this is just, I think, another in a long line of we're trying to be drive to survive, which is like fair. Give your give your go in it. But I don't think anything will ever be as good as drive to survive. And I don't think you should be going for we're going to do our version of Drive to Survive. I think that's where it becomes a a, a problem. Now, the production company, the name escapes me, I'm sorry, um, has a pretty good reputation for producing uh, excellent documentaries. Um, A lot of people think because Dale Earnhardt Jr. is an executive producer, that's going to have a significant impact on it. It's a name only. Uh, I, I don't know it, how much time he's going to spend on the set. So they're the fact checker. Yeah, maybe. But if you want to tell compelling stories, great. You don't have to be Drive to Survive, nor should you be Drive to Survive. It is its own unique thing. If you try to do that and replicate it, you'll screw yourself. So yeah. don't even bother right now. If you want to do five episodes, immediately some said, oh, well, they're not going to air till after the season. What good is that? Well, Drive to Survive airs right before the next season of races starts. Which is smart. It is, actually. So I think if you want to do five episodes with good stories, and here's the key, what edits in and what gets taken out, what gets signed off on that's allowed to be included, 
is going to be the key because there's going to be a lot of stuff that is shot that somebody is going to say, uh, yeah, we ain't signing off on that. That's not going in there. Yeah. And that's what's going to make it a good series or not. And this is coming out on Netflix, right? Correct. I'm glad that they're making it more accessible than the whatever the one they did last year was. Well, the, the one they did last year, I don't care what platform on, it was on. It was garbage. I couldn't get through an episode. It was terrible. It was I haven't even awful watched show. it because you, that's you, you all I hear. You didn't miss anything. You didn't miss anything. It was terrible. But again, if you want to tell good stories and provide some good content, I'm all in. I'll check it out. This also isn't the first time Netflix has worked with NASCAR before either because they did the Bubba Wallace documentary as well. Which was very good. Yeah, it was very well done. Is yeah. it the same production company? or No. Oh. No, I don't believe it is. Hmm. So, but I, I think that's going to be um, uh, interesting to watch going forward. And, you know, it'll come out in January in advance of the new season. But uh, I, well, it, again, what, what everybody signs off on is going to be the key to whether or not it works. Yeah, I definitely think it's going to be one of those things that we don't know how good it's going to be until we're watching it. Yeah, exactly. So, so. it's also going to be kind of key of like we don't know how good it's going to be until we actually see what happens on track because no i, I disagree I, I don't think huh. it matters what happens on the track i think it matters as to what the stories are and how it is is shot and put together because it, it's fair. you know you're not you're only going to show a smidgen of racing mm-hmm. it's all the other stuff that everybody wants to see and clamors for i think that's where the compelling start stuff will come in Right. I guess my worry is that, and I think I've found this with Drive to Survive recently, is it has become more about the on-track stuff and less about the human side and like right. who the drivers are, where they are and stuff like that. Right. That I'm, I guess my fear is that they're going to focus more on the track stuff and less on who are these drivers, what, who, why did they get into racing, all the stuff we actually want to well, see and stuff. That, that and all the stuff that actually happens before they get out on track, like how close they were to missing technical inspection. I'm just pulling stuff out of the air, but like all that kind of stuff, that's the, that's going to be the intriguing part. So I I don't know, again, we'll, we'll shelve this for a couple months till we get to start seeing it in uh, January, I guess, of, of 24 before. Oh, we'll review it the second it comes out. Uh, Yeah. Come back back in January and February to get our full, full review on this. Okay. Also in the review sense, we were negligent in our last episode because we we went a long time and we had a lot of stuff to get into. We got to get to some food stuff in this yes. episode because we haven't we haven't done that yet. So my first one, I'm just going to throw it out is because it goes back as far as Toronto Indie Weekend, because I don't think I mentioned it in any of the previous episodes, was Burger Drop, which is a burger place, smash burger, just outside uh, the CNE in Liberty Village. Uh, Rob Howden, who works on the uh, uh, USF Pro Championships, um, mentioned it in an Insta post. So I thought, oh, this looks great. I went and it's sensational. Great burgers. Really so good. I've been following this person on TikTok that has been going to like different chefs in Toronto and being like, yeah. what's your favorite hidden gem? What's your favorite pizza place? What's your favorite that? I shit you not, 95% of the time <laughs> when he goes favorite burger, it's burger drops. So awesome. I, I I have to go at some point. I'm going to yeah. try and convince my boyfriend. So because we it. do our Frisbee down in Liberty Village, I'm going to try and convince him to go after our next Frisbee. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. So we're also hopefully moving down into Liberty Village. So 
Oh, it could all work. I'll be super close to it eventually. But yeah, nice. I the second you said burger drops, I was like, this is on my I list. Know the spot. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. So, okay. I don't think I have any from Toronto, but I'm trying to think back. Did I? So where did we go? We tried to go to Figo, which if I didn't mention this before, I'm pretty sure I did mention this in our episode before Toronto. Figo. Um, oh, yeah, because I did the whole Hamilton review. So yeah, right. Figo, got to go. Um, okay. I don't think I went anywhere new Toronto weekend, but heading out west, I got to give a shout out to the casino out by the Edmonton airport again, because once again, fabulous food super good we got i got their um i want to say it was like their sweet chili chicken yeah noodle bowl yeah <laughs> so good we gotta check this place out where do yeah. we go in edmonton uh chop we went for steak first night in uh when we were in edmonton it's great really oh, good. nice they I make have... an awesome greyhound by the way Ooh. if you like vodka and grapefruit juice it's tremendous I'm not a vodka person. I drank uh, too much should. of it in college. Uh, you should. Yeah, everybody's got one of those, you know? It's like, well, I'm not drinking. You're alcohol averse. Everybody's got one that's like, yeah, I can't drink that. No, I have horror stories, which maybe I will tell you my vodka horror story. Okay. Not well, on this podcast. Okay, fair enough. All right. Mine's <laughs> Southern Comfort. Fair. Mine, mine's vodka and fireball, but for different reasons. Yeah. I just fair hate enough cinnamon hearts and i think fireball tastes too much like cinnamon hearts okay so That's good. um i have a food horror story though no so the hotel and i'm not going to mention the hotel or the restaurant right even though i probably should um yeah. the restaurant in our hotel in edmonton uh, we got there after the race on Saturday. Olivia and I sit down. We're working, working, working. And I'm like, I'm going to get chicken wings. It's high protein, which is what I feel like I need. And I just like, I just need something that's going to fill me up and is quick and easy to eat. So I got chicken wings. She brings them out and I start eating them. The sauce is amazing. Tastes great. But I'm eating them and I'm like, huh, these are a little, little how do i put this metallic is how i'll hmm. put this okay. like oh these don't really taste meaty they taste metallic so i'm looking at them and the bones red and i'm like okay now i know that there are certain brands of chicken wings where you for whatever reason whether it's dyes anything in there they just always have a reddish yeah, yeah. bone so we eat another one still kind of metallic and as i'm eating these and i'm like i'm like checking in and making sure it's not raw and it's super dark in this restaurant i can't really tell but i'm like you know what it, like it's not super imperative i bite into the third one and just on the texture alone i immediately spit it back out and i look at the bone completely raw yeah that's not good so i flag over the waitress and i'm like i'm so sorry because this is the type of person I am. I'm so sorry, but it's completely wrong. And she's like, oh no, if it's the bone, it's just like, it's the exact same thing. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's raw. I swear to God, it is completely raw. And then she looked at it. I like even turned on my phone line. And she's like, oh no, yeah, that's raw. And I'm like, yeah. Nobody took likes rare chicken. Nobody yeah. likes rare chicken, yeah. Yeah, took it back to and everything. And then I 
she came out, put it back in the fry or whatever, was fine from there on out. But what irked me was that she charged me full price for it. Ooh. I'm like, ma'am, you served me. And because I and yeah, she it ate was too like, many of them. <laughs> but I'm like, because I'm like, because it's the people pleasing mentality and it's late and I'm tired. I'm just like, yeah. whatever. Yeah. But I'm like, ma'am, you served me raw chicken wings. And then compare that to the fact that in Calgary, when Matt and I were catching our flight, we went to Chili's and I, I had already eaten breakfast that morning. So I ordered a margarita and I ordered a strawberry margarita because we were airports and they comped my entire thing because they didn't give me a strawberry margarita. They just gave me a regular margarita. And I'm like, I was fine either way. I really didn't care. And she's like, no, no, no. You asked for strawberry and we just like, we just didn't do it. And on, so I got a free $15 margarita. There you go. That's nice. So I'm like, okay, but just That's a nice. vast contrast. Yeah, absolutely. The chicken wings at the Shark Club in uh, in Saskatoon are always very good because we eat them late at night after the race. Yes. Yeah, really good. Um, also in Saskatoon, the margaritas, because you, you and I were part of a group that went to yes. Blanco. Oh, yes. Mexican food, remember? And had pictures of margaritas. Oh, those margaritas were They great. were good. The, I like the peach one too. It's got to be really yeah. cold though. It's, yes. it's it's got lots of ice super cold but peach yeah, is one of those peach. flavors where yeah. it's it's got to be it can't be warm otherwise it just tastes sour and yeah cold and in your cold yeah but um uh winston's in saskatoon as well which was recommended to me by a friend which of all the things in the world i had again met through jam this is the second time this has happened to me through a jam jam is the sports league i work i go through in toronto for all my sports yeah knows the fellows family of course she's the marketing manager for chevrolet canada nice i'm like what are the chances but yeah she she used to live in saskatoon and she was the one that gave me like that giant list of restaurant recommendations There's places to go yeah oh good the cider and the wings at winston's downtown phenomenal I will mention another place that we went to in Edmonton called the Marble Slab Creamery, where we had never been ice... to Marble Slab. No, I'd never been before. We had ice cream cones this big. They were awesome. You've never been to a Marble Slab Creamery? No. no. There's one in uh, Toronto down at the, um, uh, by the Eaton Center. Ah, uh, no, no. Anyhow. No, I, no, I, I, I've, eaten lots of ice cream in my life but no i just it was like oh this is great and it's like you know mix it up and it's like yeah i want salted caramel crunchy things or whatever yeah sure mix it up and it's just i think it's the best really ice cream good. concept ever it's amazing every time i so, see a marble slab i'm yeah. like i just want to go because it's just so unique and different yeah so, so. yeah very solid very solid ice cream so um okay. gp3r oh yes well, uh, GP3R is a tradition, which we were reminded of um, when we went out for dinner on Saturday night to Angeline's, because we have been going there for, I don't know, 10 years, 20 years or something, going back to the previous days of, of NASCAR and talking with the uh, the owners there. And Joel, our producer, mentions it and we got talking. And she sent over limoncello for everyone. It was awesome. It was really nice. Oh, nice. So, oh, yeah. It was just, it's the food sensational. With, you know, pasta, pizza, calzone, anything uh, that you want. And, but yeah, it was, uh, it's awesome. So it's a, it's a tradition. We always go there. My, um my favorite place to go there is La Grill and mm -hmm. Angeline's. Angeline's yes. is my favorite. I didn't get to go last year, um, this last past year. 
I wish I had because I wish I had gone there over Osantra because mm. Osantra, I ordered a French onion soup, which we know is one of my favorite things in the world. Yes. Yes. And I knew from the first bite that it was either boxed or whatever Aww. because it tasted straight cinnamon. And I'm like, mm, there's no cinnamon in French onion soup. No, that's something weird happened there. Yeah. So, but that's, that's why true. I think it's a boxed because, you know, companies like Campbell's and stuff like that just make a bunch of soups in a factory. And then the aromas and the flavors of other soups can typically end up in other soups, which is why you always get that may contain whatever yes. on your stuff. Yes. So I'm like, that's a box soup. So I had to send it back because I'm like, I'm not eating that. No, you did the right thing. You did the well, right thing. Raw but... chicken wings and... I've, I've had soup. actually a rough month of food. I got food poisoning after Oshweekend from, <laughs> I think, Wendy's. <laughs> because, of course. And then I had the two. I'm amazed I didn't get fried chicken or fried chicken. I'm amazed I didn't get food poisoning after the raw chicken. Because that could wow. have been bad. But um, yeah. yeah. But yeah. And then I went to a wedding up in Sudbury, a oh, couple. Yeah, yeah. I want to say a couple. It was the week and before Osh weekend. Mm -hmm. And we did, um, we went on like a little boat tour through the, um, my boyfriend's family's cottages on Lake Joe. So we went through Lake Joe onto Lake Rosso and went to Windermere House. Which I and understand he, is spectacular. Well, so Windermere House in of itself is like a hotel. Yeah. And it has a pub and then another restaurant there. And we went to the actual restaurant and they have like an actual sushi chef there. I didn't get the sushi. I didn't get wow. the sushi. Surprise. It's like, I feel like sushi is, I was like, you know what? I can get sushi anywhere. And I live in Toronto where there's just a plethora of amazing sushi. I'm going to try okay. something different. And I got this. I can't even remember what it was called, but it was this like pasta that's like in, it's like almost like a ravioli, but it's like a ball ravioli with like, it's like open here with a ricotta filling in it and pancetta and like nice so good oh nice and then everything my boyfriend's mom got she got like an asparagus soup and all the and sushi and the edamame everything was amazing also oh, very nice the every time someone came by with a glass of wine i could smell it and i was like <laughs> oh, this smells amazing Oh my god! Wow. So, okay. Wow. Windermere House on Lake Rosso, up in the Muskokas. Big reco. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so we'll. Uh, I think we're pretty caught up on uh, a lot of the food stories now, so that's good. And I think we're caught up on the latest of uh, what's happening in uh, in the racing. So we got a uh, month left in the Pinty season. Yeah. Um, a month uh, today, actually. Yeah, IndyCar is going to end in the uh, same thing in less than a month. So that'll be over and they'll just have more driver drama continuing for, for a while. So we'll wait to see. Um, then we got the Netflix show that's happening with NASCAR. So uh, lots to come. Um, more regular podcasts will be coming as well, by the way, is the uh, target. And I think we're, we're on target. You cut out. More podcasts are uh, coming on a regular basis, by the way. Every other week is the target. That's what we're looking for, and uh, it's good. Oh, 
the uh, thoughts, ideas, and opinions of Todd and Caitlin on the Racing It Out podcast are those of Todd and Caitlin on the Racing It Out podcast. They do not represent the views, ideas, thoughts, opinions, suggestions of anyone else that we may or may not work with or collaborate with in some way, shape, or form in the future. Beautiful. <laughs> good. Okay. Proper disclaimer done. Okay. I think we're good now. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for another edition of Racing It Out. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>